What's going on, everyone? I'm your host, JT. Back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I am here to give you guys my conference championship preview and predictions. Let's start off with talking about the AFC Conference Championship game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. For some reason, the Chiefs just can't seem to crack the code against the Bengals. The Bengals have won their last three games against Kansas City, including beating the Chiefs 27-24 Week 13. And we all remember the AFC Championship game last year when Evan McPherson kicked Cincinnati to the Super Bowl. Kansas City, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're probably a little concerned due to the fact that Patrick Mahomes, he's not going to be playing this game 100%. He's dealing with an ankle sprain. The Bengals' defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo, I don't know how this guy isn't getting any head coaching interviews, why nobody's bringing him up for head coaching conversations, but this is one of the best defensive coordinators in the whole entire NFL. He does a fantastic job when he goes up against quarterbacks such as Mahomes and Josh Allen. And we all saw what Cincinnati did to Buffalo last week. They dismantled them. And let's be honest, I don't think many of us expected Cincinnati to beat Buffalo the way that they did. Now, I picked Cincinnati to win that game, but I didn't expect them to beat Buffalo by that fashion. Their offensive line is down three starters. But you couldn't have tell, you couldn't known last week with the way that they played. Not only were they really good in pass protection, but they were really good opening up holes in the run game. And Joe Burrow came out and said that he feels this year's Cincinnati Bengals team is better than last year's team. This offensive line, yeah, they may be down three starters. But let's not act like they haven't been here before. That's what I was telling a lot of you guys last week. When people were picking Buffalo, the main reason why people picked the Bills to beat Cincinnati was simply for the fact that you thought Buffalo was going to be able to dominate Cincinnati up front. And instead, the opposite happened. Cincinnati ended up being the team who dominated Buffalo up front on both sides of the football. Patrick Mahomes, with him not being 100%, his mobility is going to be limited. And that is a big part of his game. So for the Kansas City Chiefs, your offensive line has to be immaculate. Now, your offensive line is fantastic, okay? You have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. But at the end of the day, though, when Patrick Mahomes does have to get outside the pocket and use his mobility, just how effective is he going to be? The Cincinnati Bengals are going are coming into this game winning 10 straight games. They haven't lost since October. Joe Burr, I was just having an argument with my homeboy the other night. I asked him who did he think was the second best quarterback in the NFL behind Mahomes from this season. Do you know what he told me? He told me Tua Tagovailoa. And I just looked at him like this. And I'm looking at him like a lot of you guys are probably looking at the, looking at the screen right now. He said that, yes, he really had the nerve to say that Tua Tagovailoa was better than Joe Burrow. Now, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. Don't, don't you worry. 
I brought him back to reality really fast, really quickly. Joe Burrow, I don't know how many of you guys know this, but this brother is second behind Patrick Mahomes in almost every statistical category. Not to mention he is the best fourth quarter quarterback in the NFL. When the game is on the line and you need somebody to make a play, Joe Burrow, he shows up every single time. And how many of you guys have peeped Joe Burrow, his athleticism? I did not know that Joe Burrow was this athletic. I mean, this guy's breaking out of sacks. He's making guys miss. Hell, the last time he played Kansas City, he did a damn spin move. Joe Burrow did a damn spin move. You remember the quarterback run that he had? I don't know if it was designed or if he just saw something pre-snap. But the dude took off with the ball. He did a damn spin move. And I was like, whoa, I see why people nickname you Joe Shiesty. Kansas City, their defense, when it comes to getting after the quarterback, is really good. They have a really good pass rush. And I'm really interested in seeing how Cincinnati's offensive line performs in this game because you played good against Buffalo. Now, Buffalo's pass rush was pretty good also. But the difference between the pass rush of Kansas City and the pass rush of the Bills is that the Bills have a good group of pass rushers. They don't have that elite pass rusher on their team that could legitimately get after the quarterback one-on-one, minus Von Miller. He's out. He's injured. Kansas City does. You have Chris Jones. So if you having that elite pass rusher that you have to account for, plus an overall group of guys who can get after the quarterback, how is Cincinnati going to deal with that, with the injuries that they have in their offensive line? You see, last week, they did a good job, but this week is a new challenge. So Cincinnati, you're going to have to be able to run the football in this game, which I think that you should have a pretty good chance of doing. Samaj P. Ryan, Joe Mixon have been money for Cincinnati all throughout the playoffs, and I expect them to have a pretty big impact against the Kansas City Chiefs' run defense. Kansas City's secondary is a big concern that I have going into this game. Their secondary isn't bad, but it's young. And oftentimes, their secondary has a tendency to give up big plays. I won't say pretty frequently, but they do give up big plays here and there. And going against Cincinnati, yeah, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're going to say, JT, we should be able to wreck their offensive line. They're down three starters. And while that may seem easy, it's not that easy to execute during the game. You want to know why? Because Joe Burrow gets the ball out faster than almost any other quarterback in the league. Not to mention these wide receivers, can you stop them? Can you guard them one-on-one? Not too many teams can. So even if you're able to get consistent pressure on Joe Burrow, he gets the ball out so fast to these wide receivers. It's like, if you really want to have a chance at beating Cincinnati, you got to be able to shut down these receivers. And that's easier said than done. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase. I mean, sheesh. Not to mention, they got Hayden Hurst going crazy. And I've always been a big fan of Hayden Hurst's game. 
The Kansas City Chiefs offensively versus the Cincinnati Bengals defense is going to be the most interesting part of this game for me. I'm interested in seeing the chess match between Andy Reid, Airbnb versus defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. Because Lou Anarumo, he's had this coaching staff's number the last couple of times they played. In the AFC Championship game last year, Patrick Mahomes was going off in the first half. It looked like this brother was about to have a historic performance. And then in the second half, he gets held to 55 passing yards and two interceptions. So for Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid, you're definitely looking at to you're definitely looking to see what adjustments are they going to make in their game plan because for some reason their previous offensive game plans or whatever their strategy was against Cincinnati previously, it hasn't worked. Luana Rumo has ate it up. Now, it's not like Cincinnati has shut down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense completely. I'm not trying to say that. But what I am trying to say that is this. The Chiefs offense is not the same offense when they play Cincinnati. This isn't the offense that's having big plays here and there. Travis Kelsey isn't going off. Cincinnati does a really good job of holding everybody in check. For Kansas City, with Patrick Mahomes not being 100%, I think Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, they're going to be huge in this game. Kansas City, believe it or not, has a pretty good rushing attack. Isaiah Pacheco, I love seeing this dude run the football. He runs with a lot of attitude and a lot of aggressiveness. And every time he runs, he's looking for contact. He's not looking to make you miss in the open field. This dude's trying to run through you. Every time you hear him running, the play always ends with some pass thumping. Some I love watching Isaiah Pacheco play football. Jared McKinnon, he's really good too, especially in the passing game. I'm looking for their two running backs to have pretty big impacts in this game with Patrick Mahomes being a little hobbled. Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony could be the unsung hero of this game. Patrick Mahomes, we know he loves to throw the football to Travis Kelsey. Cincinnati did a really good job of slowing down Travis Kelsey in week 13. I don't think Travis Kelsey did anything in the first half against Cincinnati. In the second half, he made some noise. But Cincinnati ended up forcing the fumble away from Travis Kelsey. And that ultimately led to Cincinnati winning the game. So you need another player on offense to step up. Who could be it? Some may say Judas Schuster, but I think it could be Kadarius Toney. Super talented he had a really good game against Jacksonville, and Kansas City has started to get him more involved in this offense over the last couple of weeks. Kadarius Tony is somebody who is really good after the catch. He's a lot more physical than what, than what you may think for his size. This dude is a human ankle breaker, a human highlight reel, and you really haven't seen Kadarius Tony fully unleashed yet. You really haven't. You don't have to throw deep routes to get him involved. All you really need to do is get him the ball in space and let him work after the catch. The Chiefs secondary in this game, I think is really what's going to make or break them. They have to be able to find a way to slow down these receivers. Here's the thing. Against Cincinnati, 
even if you get them into second and long, third and long situations, they're so good at being able to get plays and chunks. So it doesn't matter even if they're down three starters on the offensive line. Even if you get them in the second and long, third and long situations, they can still convert. That's what they do so well. They did it the last time Kansas City played. A lot of people think, well, if we can get pressure on Joe Burrow, we can beat Cincinnati. No. The key to beating Cincinnati isn't getting pressure on Joe Burrow. It's slowing down these receivers and limiting the big plays. Don't allow Cincinnati to beat you on third and long, second and long. You got to limit the big plays. You got to limit the chunk plays. You have to force Cincinnati to check down and try to see whatever they can get underneath. Because then when you get them into those third and long situations and you're limiting all the big plays, then where are they going to go? Then you can really make them pay. Because then Joe Burrow's going to have to hold on to the football a little bit longer. And then your pass rush can really get going. But if you can't slow down these receivers, you don't really have a chance at beating Cincinnati. Now, I'm not doubting Patrick Mahomes just because he has that high, that high ankle sprain, okay? We all know that a 70%, 65% Patrick Mahomes is still better than the majority of starting quarterbacks in the league. And the last person that I'm ever going to count out is Patrick Mahomes. This Kansas City Chiefs offensive line is really good. Their offensive tackles, I don't really think they've been all that great, but they were pretty solid against Jacksonville last week. So hopefully that can continue against Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. Cincinnati's defense, I kind of think they have similar concerns that Kansas City has. Less, yes, Lou Anarumo is a fantastic defensive coordinator. But this defense does have some weaknesses that can be exploited. Their secondary, Jesse Bates is pretty good. You do have a really good nickel corner and Mike Hilton. Okay, you got Dax Hill also. But their outside corners, you know, Cam Taylor Britt, Eli Apple, those guys are up and down at times. And for Kansas City, you're going to have opportunities to get big plays down the field occasionally against those guys. And even if Patrick Mahomes isn't 100% with that offensive line being as good as what it is, he should have time to throw the football in this matchup, even if Cincinnati decides to send extra. I think Kansas City's offensive line is going to be more than able to handle the Cincinnati pass rush. The key really is, can... Cincinnati get Patrick Mahomes outside the pocket okay can you get him moving can you get him using that ankle that is it 100% now these games even though Cincinnati has won the last three of them they haven't been blowouts they haven't been completely one-sided as a matter of fact the last two have come down to field goals week 13 the Bengals won 27-24 AFC Championship game, they won because of Evan McPherson's leg. So this game, once again, you can count on it coming down to whoever has the ball last. I'm still going to take Cincinnati. I think the fact that Patrick Mahomes isn't 100% is going to somewhat hinder this Kansas City offense. With Lou Anarumo being so good against these Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen-like quarterbacks, 
I think he's going to have another good game plan. Plus, with Mahomes not being 100%, I think that also votes well in his favor. I just like Cincinnati to win this game. I just think that the injury to Mahomes, I think, is going to be somewhat of a factor. Not a complete reason why they win this game. I also think that offensively, Kansas City's defense isn't really going to be able to do much to slow them down. So I like Cincinnati to win. 31 to 27 is my final score prediction for this game. I'm taking the Bengals. NFC Championship game, 49ers versus the Eagles. These are two of the most talented teams in the NFL. They're stacked at pretty much every single position. Philadelphia, fantastic offensive line, great group of running backs. We know about Miles Sanders. We also can't forget about what they have at receiver, A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith, one of the best receiver duos in all of the NFL. Jalen Hurts was, in a lot of people's eyes, the front runner for the MVP before he had to miss time with that injury. But he's been playing at a fantastic level. This defense has been out of this world. They had 70 sacks this season as a team. That was 15 more than any other team during the regular season. They have not only elite talent on this defensive line, but elite depth on the defensive line as well. You got Javon Hargrave, but you also have Ndonikin Sue as his backup. Not to mention, you got depth at every other position on your defense as well. Linebacker, cornerback, safety. Philadelphia has it all. Now, San Francisco, they're just as talented as the Philadelphia Eagles. Their defense is just as good, even though I think that Philadelphia has more depth than San Francisco on the defense side of football. Both fantastic defenses, great defensive coordinators. We already know about D'Amico Ryans, but Nick Sirianni was going to bat for his defensive coordinator. He thinks that his D.C. is going to be in line for a head coaching opportunity sometime down the road. And we already know about their offensive coordinator. He's been in talks for a couple of head coaching opportunities. So you have two fantastic coaching staffs with two teams that have fantastic defenses and fantastic offenses. The 49ers offensively, they have a lot of versatility. You can line guys up at several different positions. We know how they use Debo Samuel as a what they call it a wide back then you got Christian McCaffrey Christian McCaffrey didn't really do a lot of damage on the ground last week for the 49ers and their win over the Cowboys but he was really big in the passing game Kyle Shanahan was getting really creative with how he was getting CMC open in the passing game he was matched up against Michael Parsons and Michael Parsons I'm sorry brother I love you a lot, but if it's you one-on-one in coverage against CMC, CMC's going to win that thing nine times out of ten. He's probably the best route runner out of all of the running backs that we have in the NFL right now. For the Philadelphia Eagles, their linebackers are really fantastic. Now, I don't know if their linebackers are just as good as the 49ers linebackers, but they're not too far apart, talent-wise. I'm eager to see... 
how they're going to fare against Christian McCaffrey. And even then, if you do line up Christian McCaffrey out wide, are you even going to line one of your linebackers up against them? Are you maybe going to try to put a safety on CMC? Because stopping stopping CMC is something that if you're Philadelphia, I think you have to be able to do if you want to have a chance at making it to the Super Bowl. Christian McCaffrey has a very big part in this offense. He is somebody that Brock Purdy loves to throw the football to in third down situations. Plus, he also likes to hit George Kittle in those third down situations. So third down, he loves throwing it to CMC and George Kittle. I think if you can take away Christian McCaffrey, you'll take away the short passes and then you'll force him to have to try to find ways to find other check down outlets. But I think if you can slow down Christian McCaffrey, that would be huge for your chances of winning this game. They also have Debo Samuel that you have to deal with. He's a handful. Brandon Nayuk. We already talked about George Kittle. You saw that crazy catch he had against the Dallas Cowboys? Bro, I thought Trayvon Diggs was finna send this man straight to the gulag. I thought he was finna fuck. Man, this man gonna uh get I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So for the Philadelphia Eagles, man, defensively, you have a really tough task ahead of you. Because it's a headache trying to figure out ways to slow down this offense. They do a lot of things. They have guys playing different positions. And when you have guys playing out of positions, guess what happens? You end up getting mismatches. So for Philadelphia. You got to find a way creatively to deal with when San Francisco has these guys playing out of position. I think if this ends up being a game where the 49ers have to throw the ball to win, I think Philadelphia is going to win. And I know it sounds like I'm doubting Brock Purdy once again, but it's not like I'm hating on the guy. I've been rooting for him. I've been talking about how he's the future at quarterback for San Francisco all season long. So don't call me a hater. It's just that he's been going up against some really good defenses. He went up against a good one last week in the Dallas Cowboys. And although he had a pretty good game, that Dallas Cowboys defense was doing a lot of good things. They were getting after him. There were a couple of throws that he missed. And he didn't really have the greatest performance, all right? It was a good performance, but compared to the performances that he has put up prior to last week, last week kind of was, you know, B, B plus in my opinion. I don't think it was his A game. And going against this Philadelphia Eagles defense, I was talking to somebody earlier who he had winning this game. He picked the 49ers because of Brock Purdy and Debo Samuels and CMC. And here's my thing. Eventually, is there going to be a team that makes Brock Purdy look like a rookie quarterback? I think that team could finally be right in front of you. The Philadelphia Eagles against the New York Giants. They did a really good job of taking away all those short intermediate passes. They also did a really good job at not allowing Saquon Barkley to take over the game on the ground. And yeah, the New York Giants are inferior talent-wise when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. But 
I do think that there are a lot of things that the Philadelphia Eagles did well in that game that can translate well over into this game. San Francisco's offensive line is really good, but I promise you they have not seen a defensive line like Philadelphia. Philadelphia, this team is just so deep on the defensive line. It's going to be a really really important matchup because Dallas was having success getting pressure on Brock Purdy. And San Francisco's offense, they didn't really have a lot of success until midway through the third quarter, fourth quarter. That's really where their offense started to take over the game. The Philadelphia Eagles defense, their worst performance was when they lost to Dallas, and that's when they had Gardner Minshew. Outside of that, their defense has been phenomenal all season long. But for San Francisco, though, right, you have the second best run defense in the NFL. In Philadelphia, what is their identity? Running the football. Now, of course, they can beat you throwing it all over the place to Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, what they call him, Batman, then Devontae Smith. But at the end of the day, though, if Philadelphia gets into a game where they have to throw the football to win against that San Francisco 49ers defense, that's fantastic at forcing takeaways. Do you feel comfortable, if you are an Eagles fan, asking Jalen Hurts to have to throw the ball to win the game? We've seen quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts falter in the playoffs where they've been asked to win games strictly by throwing it. We've seen similar instances happen with Lamar. We've seen similar instances happen with plenty of quarterbacks who've had the kind of playing style of Jalen Hurts. Now, I'm not saying that as a knock on Jalen Hurts. Okay, I love me some Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has had a fantastic season, but I do think when you're going against this 49ers defense that's really good at forcing takeaways, you have linebackers who are good in coverage, you have a fantastic secondary, if Philadelphia has to get away from what they do best, running the football, You have to wonder, can you trust Jalen Hurts to make the right decisions for a whole entire game? And you can probably say the same thing for the 49ers, you know, with Brock Purdy. Can you trust him to make decisions, the right decisions for the whole entire game against the Philadelphia Eagles defense? But the thing is, Kyle Shanahan is so good of a play caller that I think that Brock Purdy could be in a situation where He'll probably be fine if you have to throw the ball to win with them. For Philadelphia, though, I kind of think even though they're balanced on paper, I like the matchup of the Miko Ryans versus a Jalen Hurts. And, you know, Philadelphia has a fantastic play caller as well. But at the same time, though, the Miko Ryans, what he's been doing this year, it's been really impressive. Really impressive. So, If Philadelphia can't get the run game going and they have to throw the ball to win, I just wonder how effective is that passing attack going to be against this 49ers defense. The team I'm going to take to win this game, I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Eagles are finally going to be the team that makes Brock Purdy play like a rookie quarterback. And I know I said this same thing last week for the Dallas Cowboys, But the Dallas Cowboys defense, to their credit, 
did do a pretty good job against Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy didn't have all that great of a game against Dallas. So against a better defense in Philadelphia that's more talented than Dallas across the board, Dallas had issues when it came to their second cornerback position. Philadelphia doesn't. They're loaded on every position on defense. They're loaded on offense. I do expect this game to be low scoring. I think this is going to be one of those old-fashioned defensive slugfest. Give me Philadelphia. 17-13 is my final score prediction in this game. Super Bowl prediction, Cincinnati versus the Philadelphia Eagles. This is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure that you guys leave a like and subscribe to the channel. We upload NFL and college football content daily. Make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast, available on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the JT Sports Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, leave us with a five-star review and share the podcast with your friends, family, members, and acquaintances. I appreciate you guys for tuning in to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast, and I will see you guys again shortly with another episode.